Support for Talking Heart on WVIK comes from the people at Quad City Bank and Trust, helping the local community with their banking and financial needs for more than 20 years. Information is at qcbt.com. This is Carolyn Martin, and I'm talking art today with Cecile Well, whose numerous portraits of Nobel Peace Prize laureates are currently on display at a variety of locations throughout the Quad Cities. Welcome, Cecile. Uh, Thank you for having me, Carolyn. Now, 20 of your large-scale portraits can be viewed now, the majority of them at the Baraskin Gallery in Bettendorf and at the Quad City Arts Airport Gallery. Describe this body of work for those who haven't had a chance to see it yet. Okay, so I've been building this uh, Nobel Peace Prize collection for about five years. I uh, have the ambition uh, to do them all uh, since the beginning of the Nobel Society. And uh, I'm extremely honored to be invited by the Bereskin Gallery and uh, the Quad City Arts uh, at the airport, the Moulin Airport, uh, to display all of them, uh, which I, I just signed the number 20 about a month ago. So, and I have also uh, two paintings at the German Heritage Center and Museum and uh, two paintings at the Adler Center. So uh, really it's a, it's, it's a important uh, uh, exhibition here for me and uh, in the Quad Cities. Mm-hmm. What materials do you work with? Uh, so the, the, the big, uh, the paintings uh, are um, four feet by four feet and uh, they are all in oil. But I also have displayed at the Bereskin Gallery uh, some studies because I do four preliminary studies, uh, either in charcoal or in pastel. And uh, so it's uh, about uh, five, I do five uh, paintings uh, for each uh, Nobel Prize laureate. So these are large, you'd said four by four feet, and the size of the canvas allows the figures to be life-sized. Because they're rendered so realistically, there's, there's almost this feeling that you're looking directly at them, not just an image of them. You know, while, while you stare into their eyes, they're looking back at you. Yes, it's, it was ex- ex- exactly my intent. Uh, I decided to uh, put them all at the same level uh, to do them life size, and uh, so that uh, when I display them all together, you know there is that that strong um, uh, presence of them uh, facing us. And uh, so, yes, it's exactly was uh, what is my intent. Mm-hmm. One of the things I really enjoyed is that in the background surrounding the the images of the particular Peace Prize laureate are, are artifacts or images of the, the means by which they championed peace and, and the means by which they affected change. Yes, so true. So that's uh, actually a very fun process for me when I build those paintings, is that I immerse each time into uh, who the uh, the the one I choose, who who he is or she is, uh, what they have accomplished. So, uh, and then I have to find an interesting composition, uh, kind of simplified because, of course, it's, it's very complex, uh, but simplified in telling, you know, a narrative uh, that will explain why they were um, awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. So for me, it's, it's, it's very interesting because, uh, you know, I get to know uh, for, it takes me about a month to do those paintings and I get to get ve- very familiar uh, with the subject. Mm-hmm. Some of the Nobel laureates are, are very well known, you know, Martin Luther King Jr., Mother Teresa, and the Dalai Lama, but others are not instantly recognizable. And one of the remarkable things about your project is learning about the work of those other 
of those other people like uh, Rigoberta Menchu. I, I didn't know about, she's from Guatemala or mm-hmm. Lema um, Bawe from Liberia. Yes, yes. And that's uh, the same process with me. Of course, the, 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 the most famous one, you know, they are universal figures. And uh, so uh, obviously uh, Martin Luther King and Mother Teresa, uh, to name just them. Uh, but yes, uh, you know, the Nobel Prize was founded in 1901. And since then, every almost every year, there, there has been a, a Peace Prize awarded. Uh, so it, that makes a lot of people, some that uh, we don't really know uh, because they are, you know, from uh, the 1900s, uh, and uh, some that are not as famous. And uh, so, th- I think it's very uh, interesting and informative uh, to slowly discover who those great people are, because they all accomplished something fabulous in their life, and that was always um, uh, uh, to to make uh, actions uh, to uh, to make peace in their troubled area. People should know that they can download, it's called the Passport for Peace from the Breskin Gallery website. And it's it was put together, I think, by Pat Breskin. It's a wonderful guide to the portraits and would be a good supplement for students who are at home now learning online or just anyone in the community who wants to learn more about the people you've, you're, you're, you've painted. Yes, people can download and uh, have the bios of all those uh, Nobel Prize. And, you know, I'm just uh, number 20. My goal is to do them all. So I do about 10 of them every uh, year. Uh, so maybe next year I'll be about 30. And so it can be additioned. We can addition uh, every year uh, more of those bios. And yes, you can, you know, learn about those great people uh, at every age, you know, at a young age or later on. Uh, I'm still happy when when I uh, 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 discover a new a new person and uh, all the great accomplishments that uh, the person has done. Mm-hmm. You'd mentioned some of the preparatory sketches and drawings that that you make. Can you describe the process by which you make these portraits? Yes. So uh, first, uh, there is a time where I I look for uh, photos. So I need some images, actually. I find them, of course, on the net. I'm I'm not lucky enough to approach. uh, Some are still alive, um, free of rights. So I I always, uh, I'm careful. And anyway, I change. Uh, Often I will take, for example, the head of one photo and then the body of another photo. So I make a complex composition. um, uh, And so that's why the, the reason of those uh, preliminary studies is uh, that I have to know where I'm going on the big painting. Uh, so I do one or two studies just of the head and the bust, uh, one in charcoal, uh, one in pastel. And then I do two studies that are a little more complex, to, 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 especially the last one, the fourth one is going to be quite similar to what I will have um, in, the, in the oil. Uh, so it takes me really a month to do one, and uh, I do everything myself. I stretch the canvas, I prime it, um, and um, like you know the, the old masters, I put high glue. It's linen, uh, so it will last for many, many, many years. It's it's it's, it's quality uh, quality uh, canvas and painting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really extraordinary to hear about it. Um, just there's the amount of detail and the amount of work. And I, I, I'm guessing you just kind of know when you have the correct image that you want to portray. 
Yes, it's it's a you know it's kind of a feel that this is the right the right uh, uh, composition um, and uh, the right uh, um, story behind uh, the person. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a challenging time we're living through now, and your work has arrived in our community really with impeccable timing. Seeing seeing your work up close is a, is a balm of sorts. It's a you know kind of a temporary respite from the social and economic struggles we're dealing with, to be able to look at the individuals from around the world who've worked so hard to make this a more peaceful, more peaceful place. What was your inspiration behind creating these? Uh, so to begin with, um, I traveled the world and, uh, I am from a Muslim mother and a, a Catholic father. And so I, and uh, witnessed, uh, racism. I witnessed, um, unfairness, uh, rejection, uh, and all those uh, that are act- absolutely the opposite of uh, peace. And uh, so when uh, I, and I said always uh, that when I heard the, the speech of Martin Luther King, I had a dream that was really something remarkable that, that really changed me and uh, that bring, brought me some awareness about. And how old were you, do you think, when you first heard his speech? Uh, I was, uh, uh, I think, 16 or something like that, around that age, as a and, teenager. And where were you living then? Uh, I was living in, uh, actually, Paris, in France. Yes. Uh, but uh, my early age, uh, at my uh, young age, uh, I lived in uh, Tunisia, Morocco, Iran, uh, so countries, um, Muslim countries. And, uh, and then when I came back to France, I lived many, many years in Paris uh, until I arrived in uh, the United States. Mm-hmm. And what brought you ultimately to the United States? Um, I, a husband. American <laughs> 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 man, and I came, um, we married in France and uh, we stayed there for three years. And then we decided to come back to the, the United States because he had difficulty learning French. And so it was a, a, something, it was a, a problem. And so, and I was uh, very excited by discovering I've never been in the United States before. And since then, I became a citizen and I'm a proud um, American. Mm. And right now you're living in Burlington, Iowa. Yes. Yeah. Well, I really love that story of your background, um, witnessing some injustice, which we see everywhere. We see that here, certainly. And then deciding as a contrast to paint, paint these portraits of the, specifically of the Peace Prize winners. Yes. I want mm-hmm. to bring uh, the light on those remarkable men and women. Uh, they dedicated an important uh, part of their life, and sometimes their life, they gave their life, like Martin Luther King, of course, uh, to fight for peace. Uh, and uh, they made some changes. Of course, um, our world is in constant evolution. It's far from being perfect. We know that. We, are, we live still in, in very troubled times. And uh, especially with this uh, COVID crisis, we, you know, our, our system is, is kind of, um, we, we have time to reflect on ourselves right, right now. And, um, and we see a lot of things that can be better. And uh, so uh, the figures also like Mother Teresa, uh, that, uh, a woman that was filled of compassion for uh, the most uh, um, the poorest and uh, the, the people of the world. Uh, so uh, 
this is this is really something that that I will continue to do uh, the next ten years or so, and so it's a lifetime project uh, to bring light to people that want a better world. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, you know when you when you look at these portraits, not only are you um, at least I felt this way, just somewhat in awe of what these various people from so many different parts of the world have accomplished, but it makes you think about yourself more. What can I do to make a difference in my community or in the world? And I think that's really a, a unique contribution that these, that this, these portraits bring to us now in a period, um, in our lives where, where it's stressful, where things are changing rapidly, where we are more isolated, but being isolated gives us that, that, that chance, that time to reflect more. Yes, uh, so true. And that's why I call also this uh, show, uh, Nobel Peace Prize Collection, Peace Starts Within. Uh, I so believe so, because uh, as long as we don't reach that peace within, I don't see how we can be at peace with anybody else. And so, and it's a difficult process uh, because uh, to, uh, to attain that peace, um, we have to um, reflect enough that we are going to realize how much conditioned we are. Uh, we are f- uh, built with the social expectations uh, that uh, always rich, you'll, you'll be this or you'll be that. And you, uh, so if you don't, uh, there is, you're not successful. Uh, so we always want to fit uh, and, and therefore being accepted or respected in that way. But if we take that time and actually this crisis has given us uh, this time uh, to sit and uh, just think. Uh, And it's something important that I ask myself, who am I that I don't see? Uh, So beyond that image that we have built and others have have imposed also on us, who are we? Uh, And this beyond that visible me, there is this mysterious being uh, that I say is made of the five elements. Uh, So earth, water, air, fire, and ether. For me, it's a magical alchemy of uh, energy. Uh, And um, I think that when I feel that, I feel connected to everything else. And so by attaining this feeling that I cannot really explain, I finally find some peace saying, I don't want to uh, necessarily fit with all the expectations. I I want to be out of expectations. I want to to fulfill something that is beyond just uh, social expectations. Mm-hmm. I listened to an interview where you described several pivotal moments in your life that had a great influence on your becoming an artist. One of them occurred when you were around eight years old. What, what happened to you then? Uh, when I was eight, yeah. you received an art book for your birthday. Oh yes, of course. Yes. Uh, so yes, I, um, uh, I was a little girl and I had all those little friends and one of my friends, I I was always very good at drawing at school. So sometimes my girlfriends would say, please, uh, can you do that for me or something? And so one of my girlfriends offered me uh, an art book. And in that art book, uh, there was uh, the very famous painters, uh, Michelangelo, Leonardo da Vinci, uh, some old masters like that. And I just opened that book and I was absolutely fascinated. My, I actually 
really took my fingers, started to trace with my fingers all uh, the, the Mona Lisa and all the, the very famous uh, paintings of uh, uh, Leonardo da Vinci. And I started to actually copy them. And that was really a revelation for me of uh, being, I, I want to do this. This is this is a call, a deep call. And uh, I received also a, a disc uh, and uh, at the same age, uh, at eight, and it was um, uh, classical music. It was uh, uh, the, uh, I say it in English because I'd so, I'm so used to say it in French, but uh, the Fantastic Symphony of Hector Berlioz, and that marked me for life too. I mean, uh, so I wanted to be a musician first before being a, uh, a painter. But uh, and so I, I started classical guitar, and uh, I I almost achieved. I was uh, prepar- preparing the National Conservatory in Paris with uh, uh, Alexandre Lagoya as a as a teacher at that time. But I met my husband, my first hus- husband at age 19, and I stopped playing classical guitar because uh, I had my first daughter uh, right the same year. And uh, so those moments of uh, at the very young age um, brought me like a call and uh, it never has uh, quit, uh, left me uh, since then. Hmm. And then in your early 20s, I think you had a, there was another influence, a near-death experience that oh, yes. again changed your path yes uh that it's it's it brought uh, it's like a, i was sealed almost it's so um at age 23 i had a, a miscarriage but not you know at a very early stage of pregnancy and i had to have a little surgery and when i woke up from the anesthesia uh, I lived at what we can uh, call near to death experience, although I was not near to death, but I, I lived exactly this uh, um, uh, feeling of coming back from a tunnel of light. So I was w- seeing myself coming back from that light that I cannot describe, and it was like a tunnel. So the tunnel was dark, and I was coming back from the light. And a voice uh, was telling me, You will be more famous than Picasso. And of course, I say that with humor, you know, it doesn't mean that much because we don't know where, you know, the the fame and all that is is out of our reach. It's something that will happen or not. But it was so fantastically powerful that it's like I, I, it was yesterday how I lived that. And then so when I was waking up, I was saying loudly, uh, and the nurse that was there, was I was agitated, and I was saying, I will be more famous than Picasso. I will be. <laughs> and, and the nurse was saying, yes, madame, yes, calm down, calm down. But I know, and I, of course, it's 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 a funny story, but but also the, coming back from that tunnel of light is it's is an experience that that luckily I can describe, but it's the feel of it is not really something that I can describe uh, how powerful it was mm-hmm. and in me also. Well, you were painting. It sounds like you started really painting quite voraciously after that. And But your formal training occurred relatively later on in your life when you were past the typical or usual age of a student. And you were working with pastels back then. Can can you elaborate on the impact of having a vigorous period of formal instruction versus being essentially self-taught? Mm-hmm. So I am actually 
almost self-taught, except that I met a remarkable master pacifist, a Frenchman, Alain Victor, who was my master for about two years and a half. I studied with him very intensely the technique of pastel and achieved a portrait a day with him. So I would have a class every Wednesday, uh, but I would come as every day I would do one portrait and come with six of them, and then I would achieve one with him uh, in the class, and that for two years and a half. So it's a lot of portraits, and he was a remarkable painter, uh, naturally talented. And so he pushed me, and I had no interest really. I, I, I like doing still lives or landscapes. I love them, but my interest was for humanity. And so I, I painted all kinds of humans from life, from photos, you know, anything that was interesting or moving me, I, I, I would, uh, I, I, I would paint. And I had, uh, I also studied art history at uh, the Louvre um, in Paris uh, for two years, but I was a mother in the same time I was a mother of young uh, children. So I didn't go through the whole, uh, the whole studies there uh, of four years. Uh, and so I always, when I, I started to paint, I was all, already an adult. I was already a mother. And, um, and as soon as my uh, children were at school, I would go and paint the whole day until I get them back from, uh, the, from school the afternoon and uh, became a professional artist at age uh, 40. At age 40. Yes. Uh, so meaning making a living with it uh, right. at 40. So it's been uh, about 15 years. Mm-hmm. It sounds like such a journey. Your, your studio right now is in Fort Madison. You, you moved to the States. Um, how would you describe that space there? And how did you end up working there? You're, you're living in Burlington. They're, they're close, but there's still yeah. a little bit of distance there. Yes, uh, so it's opportunity. Uh, when I, I divorced uh, my second husband, uh, I was looking for a studio in Burlington, but I, I had in mind some very large paintings. And so I was looking for a large space, uh, which I didn't find in Burlington or not at the price I was, I, I could afford. Uh, so I look, and I remember Fort Madison had this main uh, avenue G with a lot of buildings empty. And uh, so I went there and I found that magical, absolutely magical space that is my studio, very, very large space where I started to do murals that are 10 feet by 14 feet, very huge uh, paintings. Uh, That um, is another project that I have that is called uh, the God's Feet Project. And uh, but it allows me also to uh, do the Nobel Prize, so it's big enough that I can have multiple projects. I all, I'm also a lover of the Mississippi River, and uh, and I meditate at the river every day, absolutely every day, and pick up wood. And then I do driftwood sculptures, which is something new about two years ago that I started, but I absolutely love. It's like a recreation for me uh, from uh, the discipline uh, and the the precision of uh, painting, realistic paintings. Because your your portraits that are here now um, concern the Nobel Peace Prize laureates. I thought it'd be fun to talk about Alfred Nobel because there's a very interesting story about him, the the Swedish chemist and inventor and how he came to establish the Nobel prizes. Yes. uh, So it's, it's a very important figure because his legacy is is so important. Uh, Of course, the Nobel society. Uh, So this man is, is an inventor. 
uh, he he was uh, very talented, very smart. And uh, one paradox is that he invented uh, the dynamite, which is uh, one of the first mass uh, weapon, uh, mass destructive weapon. Uh, so it's a paradox. And uh, but he was really supporting. Uh, a lot, some peacemakers. And uh, when he realized he had no descendant, he didn't have children, uh, he had this immense fortune because he was a very successful uh, businessman. Uh, and he decided uh, that uh, he would uh, donate his, his fortune uh, to create a foundation that would uh, award, you know, uh, the, the, all those uh, different uh, disciplines like uh, physics, chemistry, medicine, uh, physiology, uh, literature and peace. And uh, so after his death, that was sudden, uh, the Nobel Society, he dedicated $265 million. Uh, so it's quite, you know, quite some funds that can accomplish things. And uh, so the Nobel Society uh, was uh, founded after his death uh, in 1901. And since then, every year, um, this wonderful uh, society um, uh, awards some important, so important uh, men that are contributing to mankind evolution. Uh, so it's quite important. The, so the, the Nobel Society uh, often has uh, given prizes that are controversial, and uh, but nevertheless, all the people that were awarded. Uh, are remarkable men and women. Mm-hmm. They sure are. There was this other story that I thought was was quite humorous that um, initially uh, Alfred's brother had died while he was in France and the French newspapers mistakenly thought that Alfred was the one who died. So they published his obituary <laughs> when in actuality it was his brother who had died and they really condemned him, criticized him for his invention of military explosives. And, and, um, when he read that obituary, uh, he was, um, motivated to, to leave a better legacy behind, hence the establishment of the Nobel prizes. And, and, you know, really you could say now in this day and age, they're all important, you know, the prizes for, for, for chemistry and, um, and, 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 and the scientific awards, but the Nobel peace prize really, I think is personally is the highest honor in terms of serving all of humanity. I um, totally agree with you. And, uh, uh I, yes, I heard this story about, um, the, the wrong obituary and, uh, one, uh, reason that motivated, uh, Alfred Nobel to, uh, to reverse that, uh, in giving, uh, money for, you know, the, the causes, uh, like peace. Well, Cecile, well, thank you so much for talking today. Your work is stunning. Thank you so much, Caroline, for having me today. Uh, it's a pleasure. Make sure you see the portraits of various Nobel Peace Prize laureates by artist Cecile Well at the Breskin Gallery and Art Academy in Bettendorf and at the Quad City Arts Airport Gallery. Additional work is also at the German American Heritage Center and in the River Center Adler Display Cases. The exhibits will be up through the end of October and are safe to view with a mask and social distancing. You can download the informative Passport for Peace online at bereskinartgallery.com. 
You can also view her work at Cecile Well, that's H-O-U-E-L.com. This has been Carolyn Martin, Talking Art in the Quad Cities for WVIK. Our theme music is provided by a Quad City legend, the late Ellis Kell. Thank you.